I have a couple of questions for you guys. Now we're seniors in high in college, not in high school. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> prom is coming up, and um, I wanted to ask you guys individually. This is the part where I want you guys to be truthful. I want you guys to be honest. I want you guys to think about everything you've been through. I only know five percent of your life, which is what we've shared together, and what you guys tell me and what I tell you. I want to know what is the toughest pill you guys have had to swallow about the truths of this world mm. and that's a really deep question but it's like in the past 20 22 years what is something that you've learned that you're like damn that's the way the world really is yeah. for me in my yeah. perception of my world if you guys have an answer to that that'd be awesome okay i could go, go for it. i mean there's definitely a lot and as you grow up you kind of start to see them as they come out but um one that i've started realized in the past couple of years is that the people ahead of you and the people older than you, even your parents, they don't have it figured out. Mm -hmm. Not like you once thought they did. And that was like a big one for me to swallow because you, you go into college, maybe even high school, thinking that the older people, they've got it figured out. They're happy. They've got everything yeah. in line. You know, they've, they've done they're it. Done, yeah, yeah they're they've they done it. That. They have so many yeah. years in us. Yeah. All it takes is to see one one adult, one one you know college graduate who's not quite satisfied, and you're like, wait a second, there's there's no you know happiness doesn't come with a college degree, it doesn't come with your first job, right? So true. And you see in your own parents too, you know, and that, I think that's a big one for people. If they see their own parents not having figured it out, and that's nothing to my parents. I love my parents, and they're doing they're doing great things. But it's just like seeing older people in a situation where it's like there's still a lot to learn and it kind of switches your entire mindset on everything. Cause then you start looking around and you're like, well, who says this is the right path? Just because everyone else has done it. They're not happy. Mm -hmm. They didn't totally. figure it out. Like kind of, we think that it's going to happen. You know, like we kind of think, Oh, we graduate college and then we go to this, 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 that's how people do it. Everyone's happy. That's how it works. And then it all switches once you figure that, so that's true. not true. That's kind of like one of the biggest things I've come to realize and it's kind of switched my mindset on everything. So now it's like, I'm a very independent thinker. Whenever someone presents something, I like to think of it for myself. Do, if I actually believe that or if that's true, or like I'm a little bit skeptical of things at first, but I want to actually like run it through my head first. I'm like that too. And make sure I agree with them. Yeah. And then go forward if it's actually something yep. that lines up with my morals yeah. and everything. That's amazing. So that's one for me. I like that. I think that's something we kind of all as a friend group talk about a lot, seeing what we learn, what's hard to swallow, and how we could kind of get better from that. One thing that always has stood out to me, especially in recent, um, I guess in my recent life and swallowing certain pills and get, getting over certain things, I guess I learned one thing and that has been that I guess the pursuit of goals, the pursuit of goals, what you think will bring you happiness, um, what you want to do with your life. And I've slowly come to realize as I'm slowly try, uh, trying to mature that that really reaching those goals is probably like not even 1% of your life when you're actually at those goals, meeting those goals. But the rest is the 99% where you're going towards reaching those goals. And I've realized that if you don't enjoy pursuing something, if you don't enjoy the process, the pursuit of something that you want to do, um, it's not worth pursuing. And Because the, the whole journey there is pretty much um, 100 times longer than actually being there. And a lot of times I think we often look at where we want to be rather than the journey we want to take. And I've realized just um, in recent life taking a little bit different journeys 
It's about who's with you on those journeys, what memories you're making rather than the things you have, um, the medals you have, the show it, the car yep. you have, rather than who's with you on your journey, why do you wake up every day, not because you are where you want to be or you have what you have, but you, you're going somewhere you want to be and you have the people surrounding you to do that. And that's one thing I think that I've learned a lot regarding happiness and just being content is kind of enjoying that pursuit with the people you love. So that's a big thing recently that I guess kind of discovered. That's deep. Oh, yeah. It's true though. Yeah, it's good stuff. I think uh, for me, um, especially recently, it's kind of that everyone is not best friends and the drama doesn't go away when you're older. Um, you know, <laughs> which, which it's like everyone jokes about that. You know, high school is like, oh, it's the it's the lifestyle drama. And everyone talks about everyone. And college, if you go to a small school like we do, it's like everyone knows everything. Yeah, <laughs> so true. It's, it's people. Some people won't ever let that aspect of their life go away, and not everyone is best friends. You know, I just use the example of my family gets to travel a lot together. So um, my dad's side, we always do family vacations together, and it's kind of one of those things where as a kid I was like, man, this family's like, it's perfect. I mean, we, we all have fun together. Everything's perfect. Everyone gets along. There's absolute fairness and justice across the board. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I grow up and I learn a little bits and pieces of mm-hmm. things, and I mm-hmm. see those things and those, and those intricacies that I'm like, oh, well, that's not really fair. Or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how are they happy in this situation? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I see, oh, well, they do kind of bother you know, they bicker about that a little bit or, mm-hmm. oh, they do kind of talk about that behind someone else's back. And, and not that my family is gossipy or not that everyone's gossipy, yeah. but yeah. it's more on the fact of not everyone gets along and totally. being okay mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Not in a disrespectful way, but in a way that, you know, people have different opinions is okay. And I think that was probably the biggest thing for me to understand is that, you know, people don't just disagree with me, you know, out of, because and people are different. It's, it's exactly right. And um, that those don't have to drive wedges between, you know, family or friends yeah. or strangers, you yeah. know, going all the way to there. But I think seeing those differences, acknowledging those differences, I think is the biggest, biggest key. But then also realizing that, you know, let's accept these, move forward and still, you know, maintain that cohesiveness and that togetherness that is required to, to make a unit, whether it be a family unit. Yeah. You know, I mentioned the stranger units. Yeah, totally. That's so true. That's so true. I mean, something that I would say, like, the hard pill that I've swallowed about life is that I've kind of learned that it's so sad, but it's so true that money money runs the world. And Mm -hmm. I wish it didn't. I really wish it didn't. But I see the correlation between money and power. I do not see the correlation between, excuse me, between money and happiness. I definitely believe that hap- mo- you money is not everything, but you can't have anything without it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can't have anything without it. And that's one of the hardest pills I've had to swallow, mm-hmm. which is like you kind of do what you need to do to get your foot in the door and get the paycheck that you need. Mm-hmm. And once you're kind of financially stable on your own, then you go ahead and do what yeah. you need to pursue. And something that I wanted to talk to you about, Hickman, and I'll – I'll get into that later. Um, Actually, you know what? I'll ask you right now. The question I had for you, Matt, specifically, was that you're a computer science major, right? I want to know what your relationship, why you picked computer science, and 
what that relationship is with photography. Do you think you're going to be pursuing something in computer science or are you going to be pursuing something in photography and video? And why you picked computer science. Before you answer, though, I just want to say something that I've always wanted to say like on the podcast is I was always told that I wasn't smart enough to be a computer science major. And I was always told I wasn't good at math, which is probably based on like one math test I took in high school or something. It doesn't mean I'm not smart. It doesn't mean I'm not good at math. If I now looking back at my four years, I wish I was a computer science major. Mm. I think I'm really good at business. I wish I took a business minor yeah. or a double mi- double ma- double minored in business and law and ethics, yeah. and I did computer science because computer science is where the jobs are. You come out with the eighty thousand, ninety thousand dollars salary at any company. It's the future. And I was, I always was told and I always felt that I wasn't smart enough to do it. And for anybody who's listening, who may be going into college, I know some of my sister's friends listen to this. Don't let any parent, any friend, any exam, anyone dictate your major and your ability in college or whatever your next step is in life, because nothing can really determine that except for your drive and your ability and your choice. And now when I look back at it, I've thought about being a cybersecurity lawyer. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to go into law, right, I have zero cybersecurity knowledge. I have amazing business knowledge. Mm -hmm. I know how finance works. I understand how marketing works. I understand Mm -hmm. how, you know, like accounting works, kind of, not really. Shout out to Lawson. But, (laughs) um, you know, it's, I wish I had this knowledge and technology that I always felt like I wasn't smart enough to do. And now that I think about it, I'm like, what the, what kind of crap was I thinking? Of course I'm, I'm capable enough. I don't have any kind of disorders. I'm functioning, you know, don't let anyone tell you that. But anyways, I want to hear your answer to that question and kind of where your career is and how you got into that. Sure. Yeah. I'll just kind of piggyback off what you said. I have kind of a interesting take on the whole school system as a whole. Um, so the reason I chose computer science is I came out of high school, I was good in math, and I was good in physics. Okay. And I got good tests on the AP test. Yeah. And so I said, I should get an engineer. Yeah. It wasn't because I liked it. It wasn't yeah. because I, it was not like something I did in my free time, but it was like, it made sense, money's there, and that's what it is. So I did mechanical engineering first. Wow. And then there's a project at the end of the year where you get to do all three disciplines of mechanical, electrical, and Oh, wow. I didn't know that. But that was like, that was the only reason. And that was, but that was kind of before I had done anything creative, really, with, I didn't really pick my camera yet. So I didn't even know that was your camera. Yeah. Yeah. So, but to backtrack a little bit, I think how schools should work if they even need to exist anymore is you should take a gap year. Everyone should take a gap year, like in Europe. You should go travel around. You should figure out what you want to do with your life. Because the way it works right now is you jump right from high school into college Mm -hmm. and you maybe wait a year until sophomore year and then you decide your major. You can decide what you're going to do with your whole life and then you get locked into that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't really want to do that. Agreed. Totally. what happened to me, but I didn't really know that's what happened until I figured out what I did want to do with my life. Yeah. A lot of people don't even get the chance to figure out what they do want to do with their life, which is kind of sad. So they'll spend the rest of their life doing stuff they don't want to do. Yeah. Which is no way to spend a life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's depressing. Yeah, but it's like what we're used to. 
so yeah. that you can deal with it. Wow. And so then when I picked up a camera, was lucky enough to go abroad, use it, hang out, do that sort of thing, and kind of fell into my own thing there. I was like, this is super cool. I, I like doing this. Why can't I do this as a job? Kind of took last summer to take it more seriously. Um, ended up being able to make a decent amount of money, not a ton, like enough to pay rent pretty much and food, and that's about it. But then I was like, if I really work at this and maybe go work for some sort of company like this, I could probably make a life out of this. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, to answer your question, the future of where I want to go is definitely that route. So the in photography and in video. Fo in, more into video, but yeah, into the creative side for sure. And so the plan is to kind of get the degree for, for comp sci and use that to like, use it for what it is. Yeah. It taught me how to think, how to disassemble problems into smaller problems figure out those problems yeah yeah the, the logical mindset yeah it's amazing a lot of really cool smart people yeah so it's it's not for nothing but it's not what i enjoy doing and it's not where i want it's to not be your passion 60 years of my life so i'll kind of just use it for what it's like i said and then my plan is to pursue the creative side after that's awesome yeah. that's awesome that's great that's great to hear. Yeah. Well, I killed your question. I had one more question for you guys as a group. Yeah. Okay. What's the most important relationship in your life right now and why? And, I, and that's not to say when we answer this question that the other relationships in our life are not important, but it's to say what is the most important relationship in your life right now and why is it the most important relationship? Because I think having relationships like as we see like as friends and like as family and as like people you're in relationships with like that it plays a really big impact in your life you can have money you can have an amazing house you can have an amazing car but a lot of that at the end of the day like josh was saying is materialistic mm -hmm. and the journey that you're on at this point in our lives we're in our early 20s we're seniors in college we've been through four years what is the most important relationship in your life right now I guess, like, yeah, I, I can go at this. Um, it's funny when you ask that question, the first person I jump to is, is my dad. Um, he got sick this spring and, you know, lucky enough, he was able to, you know, work through it and, and you know, come out in a better spot than I think he was before. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, obviously I feel very fortunate for that and our relationship has grown a ton, but I actually would say the most, and this, no, I'm, I'm not. I, I think the most important relationship I have right now is the relationship I have with myself. Everyone says that. Um, <laughs> Everybody well, says see, that. See, so and, true, though. And, and I don't want to be cliche, but I mean, if I'm not happy with you know where I stand and what I'm doing, um, why would it matter on my relationship with anything else? So you true. Know, I mean, if if my internal well-being is not in a good spot, then my external doesn't matter at all. So, so true. Um, yeah, I think that's probably, you know, Matt talked about the college experience, and I think that's probably what college has taught me the most is, you know, about myself. And again, going off the cliche, you know, ideas of, you know, you find yourself. But yes, I found myself, I guess. But I don't know if I ever lost it, but I think I learned a lot about myself and, you know, what I value, you know, my personal beliefs, you know. And I love my parents, and they've taught me so much. But when you step away and you can kind of develop your own and compare It's, it's a beneficial experience. So I think that probably is the relationship I value the most because without that, my relationship with anyone else is, 
so true. Obviously, my dad's listening and my parents. <laughs> I love, I love Thank you to beyond, the Rasmussen group. All, <laughs> of course, of course. I think that myself aspect can be applied to all of us. Yeah. I think yeah, everybody totally. in the world. Yeah. Um, sorry, guys. I don't know what that is. Um, do I do monitor on or monitor off? Do we know? Okay. Um, Josh, do you want to answer yeah, the next I'll one? Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, kind of building off what Carl says, don't want to be cliche here or not sure if the answer you're looking for, but I would say, honestly, my most important relationship I have right now and try to keep center of my relationships my whole life would be my relationship with God just because wow. it, I guess, uh, pulls everything together. And without that, I don't think my other um, relationships would be meaningful. Um, based, going off of kind of other things of just, if I were to pick one um uh, I guess I can't, it's it's almost impossible for me to pick one person, but I guess I don't know why I asked that question. <laughs> but I think not necessarily is it the person I have the best relationship with, but I guess it's what I value in my relationships, and I guess that is just um, being genuine. And I think you, as you get older, you kind of learn um, who are really with you and who are really aren't, and yeah. who's in the long term, and who are you very kind of on the deepest level of human being connect with. And I think I have that with a lot of my friends here and my girlfriend as well, as far as my family and, um, and yeah, and very that thankful for everyone in my life. So sorry to kind of cheat the question there. No, but. it's okay. It's okay. It's true though. It's true. That's a great answer actually. Um, same to you, Carl. Matt, you have anything you want to say? Um, yeah, it's a hard question, but um, similar to what Carl said, with yourself is definitely important can't love yourself then who else is going to love you right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but i'd probably have to go with my mom mm -hmm. shut up trish shut up trish just because <laughs> actually my mom and my dad yeah they've been two of my biggest supporters for my whole life so i mean it it's such a interesting like it's such a valuable thing to have parents that support you and you don't really realize it until you meet people that don't have parents that support you. very true yeah so true because you kind of take it for granted because you've had yeah. it there your entire life. Yeah. And um, I can't really think of a time where my mom or dad has really gone against anything that I've really wanted to do. Like anything that I have showed passion for or showed that I'm really into. And that right there is like the biggest blessing I've ever had. So. Wait, Josh, are you narcoleptic or not? <laughs> Possibly. I'm getting tested. In you're like, still getting like, tested yeah, or not? I am. You are. Okay. All right. I was just wondering because you put your head down. I was like, did he fall asleep? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, that's wild. You know, you guys can ask me any questions too if you think of any, but that's not. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, Josh, I want to ask you something. Yes, please. What do you want to do in ten years? In ten years, what do I want to do in ten years? How old will you be in ten years? In 32? ten years, I will be thirty-two years old. Mm -hmm. I don't like to set specific. Um, I guess quantitative goals or family goals or specific things like that. But I guess I want in 10 years, I want to be continuing. I want to be pursuing what I think is truly meaningful, whether that's at that t time in my life is pursuing a career in venture capital, whether that's being involved with a tech company, whether that's I'm um, doing my own startup or whether that's having my first kid or being a father. Wow. I, I want to, I guess, 
whatever I'm all doing the, at that point. Yeah, I guess. Are like, wow, Josh, I guess. I guess. Uh, I guess. I just want to be pursuing something that I'm <laughs> truly and passionate for. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. Um, Carl, were you ever bullied in school? Used to be fat. Here's, okay. here's, here's, the, here's the deal. Um, I wouldn't say I got bullied at school. Did I get bullied you at home? You were the bully. Yes. No, you were bullied no, no, no. at home? Well, oh, That's some Indian toxic parenting uh, at its finest. I'm definitely going to send this podcast to Santa. <laughs> uh, to Santa. Because, okay, Santa is yes, S-A-N-N-A. Oh, Santa, your sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my sister. Also Santa. Also, we're going to send this podcast to Santa. I'll say Santa as in my sister. Definitely used to be a fat kid and would have been like six, seven. I guess. You were or she was? No, me. You were fat. Yeah. So it was definitely like a set kid. Um, I grew up knowing husky jeans, right? So that was the normal in my house. But uh, my sister actually named my double chin Frunk. So <laughs> she named your what? My double chin <laughs> Frunk. And so my sister now lives in, in France, so maybe that was a, a French reference. <laughs> but but uh, she named my double chin. And all those, she, and I'm also very ticklish, so she took me a lot. <laughs> and which That's not bullying, turn, though. This led to a stutter. Oh, you had yeah, a stutter? So now I couldn't really talk very well. Wait, stop. No, you I used swear. to stutter? I was the back kid of the stutter. No I, way. No, I'm so I guess that was my, I would say middle school, not high school experience. But high school? Wait, did you peak in high school? Or I you peak now? I hope not. I always tell my family this. I was like, I really hope I didn't peak, right? What happened <laughs> in high school? You were the quarterback or what? I was, no. I, was, right. I played defense. I was, I was a uh, linebacker. So. But you dated the cheerleader. I, I did date the cheerleader. Okay, so when did you become like tall and like the Carl you are now? College. I had my growth spurt in probably tenth grade. Okay, so you and, peaked in tenth, and that's when I started playing football. <laughs> that's when you started peaking. Yeah. Okay, so, so now you're in the D peak. You got a lot slimmer in college though. Tenth grade was was a big year for yeah. me. Yes. Okay. That, that's when I started dating cheerleader. Okay. So okay, yeah, got tenth it. grade I played varsity football and dated the dated the varsity. And it was a one eighty from that. Right. Um, that's amazing. But I will say the whole. You were never teased in school though. Not no, I I wouldn't say so. I I really did go, get most of my teasing from home, but I will say I learned a lot from you. Yeah, it of taught, course you always, you always do. You always do. Oh, sorry guys. And, I don't know what that is. Uh, kind of take everything with a grain of salt, I guess. So of course. I. I I mean, I hope Santa listens to this, and I will say thank you very much for all that you taught Picking me. Picking on me, yeah. But it, it was brutal in, in the moment. So. Yeah, of course. What about you guys? Were you guys ever bullied? I, w- really. I was never really bullied. No, I... I had people. I, I had people not want to be my friend all the time. <laughs> what does that it's mean? Like, so what? You don't want to be my friend? I'll just force myself into your group. No, I. I had. I guess I didn't. I didn't really have good good friends until college. I have one really best friend from my friend Aaron from home, but I didn't really have a stable friend group my entire life until college. So that's why it's a big uh, like 180 for me. So I guess that never really picked ever picked on ever, but just had a hard time fitting in sometimes. What about you, Bria? Yeah. Bria. Yeah. Here's our question. Yeah. I was bullied. Really? For sure. I, in sixth grade, I remember like one time there was an earthquake. And this is so, it's not as sad as it, I'm about to say, oh but gosh. there were, <laughs> you can already, 
there was an earthquake that happened, like a quick aftershock, and people were like, oh, did Rhea walk? Like, oh, literally, oh it was gosh, so bad. Awful. Yeah, it was that. so... I feel that. <laughs> and so that's kind of like sixth grade. I remember going to the counselor's office. Like, it was me, another girl who was supporting me, but she was like the hot girl in the group, so she was like supporting me and being like, yeah, I've seen it happen, and like six other guys in the counselor's table. And like, all of them talking about how like... They were, it was just, I don't really, I really don't remember it, but I remember that memory of like me being bullied by a bunch of, a group of guys. And then in eighth grade, I got really thin, not because I had like an eating disorder or anything, just because like, I just, I don't know, I grew taller a little bit and then I just stayed, I'm still 5'1". Like, so like I was very thin. I had a really good group of friends, just my swim team group. Fifth grade to like 10th grade, I peaked. Like I was gorgeous. I was like the token Indian girl, like gorgeous black hair like very social president of every club like knew everyone knew the principal like had her on speed dial like she listened to the podcast still like literally like she and I like I wanted to get out of sixth period she'd like write me a slip like it was chill you know no not even but like very I was very social in high school everyone knew me I knew I was president I was varsity captain of the women's golf team I was varsity women's golf for four years I was like, started the Indian Culture Club, started the Spanish Honor Society, which was a college gimmick of everyone just, we just ate co- like Costco churros for like <laughs> once a week and like wrote it on our college apps that it was the Spanish Honor Society mm-hmm. and like, just like everything. And then like, I guess in college, I had a little bit of a hard time the first two years because I'd gone through a pretty like depressive phase my senior year because a very close friend of mine had passed away. And I was very depressed. Like, I, was just, I wasn't depressed, but I was very unhappy. And I, I wanted a lot of answers, and I didn't have those answers. And just, like, not a good place emotionally. And I was just idle. I didn't really go anywhere. I was just, like, at home. I don't have any, like, crazy mental health issues. I never really have. And I've been very, like, knock on wood, very lucky. But that was a year where I was just, like, gained. I gained, like, 25 pounds. I gained 25 to 30 pounds that year. And I was just at home and I just didn't do anything. I didn't talk to anyone. And like, then I went to college and it was a completely different experience And that. And now like, I'm definitely better. And I feel like I know myself and I'm very secure in myself. And I know what my purpose is. Bollywood, Pataka, all that kind of stuff. So that, yeah, but I was bullied and, but not to the extent where people are really bullied, you know, like I was never to that extent. I was always very witted, very quick witted very like it's a good tool tool. and very social and just new people and was very like i would definitely make fun of indian people though to get people to like me (laughs) 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 just whip out the indian accent as a tool and be like isn't that so funny and i'm like yeah (laughs) um it's so sad but anyways um i talked to josh i talked to flickman carl i have a question for you Many times when I've been in a conversation where your name is brought up, okay? Okay. We all talk about, like I've had this conversation with a friend of mine, Nicole, like two years ago. And we would talk about Carl and we'd talk about Lawson. We'd be like, what are their flaws? Like there's nothing that we can see that's like, they're both extremely smart, very brilliant, very social, very cultured. Carl, like, not to say this is a job interview, but if you had to tell me as a friend, like, what do you think your biggest flaw is as a person? See, to me, that's a, that's an easy question. 
Okay. Um, I appreciate you saying all that. That's very nice. But um, we definitely all have our flaws. Of and my, course. My, my biggest one is definitely a lack of patience. And I've talked to both Josh, really? and Josh and Hickman about this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, big time. And, and I think Sorry it took an hour and a half to get the mic set up today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think both these guys saw it on SAS. Really? And yeah. It was I saw like, it in Tokyo a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, I so, saw it a little bit in Tokyo. Exactly. When like, things don't go to how I have them scheduled, yeah. everyone's the worst person in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or they're just completely incompetent. I'm like, yeah. how could you do something so stupid? And I hope my mom listens to this because she knows it better than anyone. She does. Is, um, you know, I'm like, exactly what I said. I was like, how can you be so incompetent? How can you not know how to do such a simple task in my mind? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it may be something I've done a bunch, but someone else has never done it. And I just, it's, it's hard for me to wrap, wrap my mind around that. But then... You know, when someone else is very good at something and they give it to me, I expect it all the time, right? Yeah. So it's the double standard there. Totally. I lose my patience very quick with someone when they can't do something that I know how to do. Yeah. But when I have to do something that they know how to do very well, you know, I expect plenty of time to learn how to do it. So, So that's definitely my biggest downfall. And I'm, like I said, I've talked to these two and I've hopefully tried to work on it. You know, I did a trip in uh, this summer where, you know, I tried to take more of a backseat. You went to I, Bali. Yeah, I, I went to Bali, and I tried to have more of a patient background with it. You know, I said, okay, I, you know, I'll let other people plan things. I'll let other people kind of take the role. That's awesome. And, and I'll be the patient person. He's like, wait. You did well. Very, very proud of him. <laughs> and I talked to Matt, I think, on that trip. And I was like, hey, man, you know, like, this is me getting out of my comfort zone. And there's times where I want to, like, jump in and be like, hey, can we figure this out? Like, like let's do this. And not that they weren't figuring it out, and I want that to be clear. It's like everyone is very competent in what they do. Totally. It's just they aren't following the exact same schedule that I want. And so to me, it's like you're messing it up. Uh-huh. So that's definitely my biggest flaw. It's definitely the thing that I've had to try to work on. Um, and, it, and I've known that for a long time. And it's just the difficult thing for me to do. So, you know, for the people that are listening that have a lack of patience, yeah. it, it's one of those things that, you know, I definitely don't have figured out. Yeah. Um, I don't, hopefully at one point I can have to figure out where I'm good at sitting back and, and taking a back seat and being patient with people. Do you think when matter. you need, when you have to focus on something, like when you're in class and the teacher is talking or like when you have a homework assignment, yeah. do you think your focus is just like very intense or how do you, cause like I've seen you work, I've seen you work, I've seen you in group projects, we had a group project together, I've seen you like in classes together. Do you always just get eight hours of sleep, or like, what is it? Like, what is it? Why are you so intensely focused to like a T? What do you never wander off and think about anything else, or like, what is it about you? you That's should, what entices me so much about you. Like, I'm like, what is it? I want to know. People want to know. Okay, so usually for me, it's there's some end goal I want to get to. So if I have a book project, or you know, that sounds very elementary, but if I have. <laughs> Uh, Report I, I yeah, some something <laughs> like I have to do. Some yeah. It's not important exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to go to the beach after. I want to go hang out with my friends after. And so I want to dial in and knock this out and be as concise and precise as I can be, and finish this as quickly as I can so I can get on to the next thing. I see. And so the people that are like half in and half. There we go. Hello? Okay, okay perfect. Um, Sorry. Anyways. People so who are on their phone and not. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, how can you be on your phone? Let's knock this project out, and then you can go sit on your phone as much as you want. Yeah. 
So that's that's me. I like him very dialed in. I try to knock everything out as quickly that's as I can. That's the best. I wish I had that attitude. That's so amazing. That's I, amazing. For me, like an example is Homer. Yeah. Put your phone away. Yeah. And it's very cliche to say, but I put it away. I knock it out as fast as I can. And then I love doing sit on my phone. I'll be the first person to say, mm-hmm. I will sit on Instagram. I'll sit on Facebook. As I lay in bed, but I'll make sure I have everything done before or else I can't. That's, so that's amazing. That's, that's uh, amazing. That's my, the ideal place my OCD to be. Side, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's ideal. That's ideal. Um, I don't know. That's kind of. I had a bunch of stuff. Let me ask Shay a question. Oh. No. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but that's kind of it. That's kind of all I had for the episode. Is there anything else you guys want to say, or anything you want to ask, or anything you want to say, in terms of like maybe like. Yeah. I got one. It's like final word stuff or anything you I want. Mean, so I think for me, I feel very fortunate to be on this podcast. Oh, I think I speak for the other two as well. Um, it's something kind of we were all fired about. Fired up about Definitely. this week. It's cool. Really? But for you, yeah. what what does this podcast mean? What do you want to get out of it? What's your end goal? Is there an end goal? You know, what is this podcast a stepping stone to something else or is it just something you want to do or where is it sit? Great question. I hope it is. I hope it's a stepping stone to something else. I have always been told by other people who know me well and who have heard me speak um, how this podcast came to be. This podcast was ready to go in 24 hours. And like the the minute where I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to having a podcast in 24 hours, it was up and launched on Instagram. Like That's my, disgusting. really? No. That's what was your first impression? Like, actually, we talked about this, I but... It's a Pataka driven mindset, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always... I didn't really tap into my comedic side until... I, I don't even think it's, like, too much of a stretch to even say comedic side, but, like, I didn't really tap into, like, my Instagram blogs and, like, my jokes and all of that until after I came back from Japan. And I always knew I had a way of, like, drawing in a crowd. And I always knew I had a way of, like, keeping a room captured. I knew that about myself. My passion, I think, though, is definitely comedy. And it's, like, photography and video for you. Mm. I've done stand-up before. I would full-fledgedly go ahead and do it again. I love making a room of people laugh. I was very hesitant to see how the podcast would go. The amount of feedback I've gotten, though, from people who I just went to high school with who, like, I've kind of fallen out of touch with and saw that I had one and listened to it, and they texted me, and they were like, Rhea, you're actually hilarious. Like, your Indian Weddings episode was so funny. And, like, your automated hotline, like, you need to get paid to being a hotline person. Like, that's hilarious. You know, like, things like that. Oftentimes, I think about it, and I'm like, I'm really not that funny, but that's just how I think, and if other people get enjoyment out of it, then I'm all here for it. And... I just, I enjoy it. If I get a big break, that'd be awesome. And I would stop everything and go do that. But I have to also be realistic and be like, okay, you know what? If I were to do something else that was corporate, it would be law and business and like being in council and like doing that kind of thing. And that's something where I definitely see myself. But um, that's kind of it. That's, that's, Thanks yeah. for having us. I we hope. really Thank appreciate it. Thank you guys for sticking for this two-part episode. I really appreciate everybody. Uh, just hit the subscribe button. Tell me what kind of content you want to hear. It's all about the learning curve. So I appreciate everybody who's tuning in. And I hope that you guys all have a wonderful rest of your week. 
Thank you for coming on to Sassy Sundays with Ree. <laughs>